0: You're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rosen. I'm a fellowship-trained, board-certified orthopedic surgeon who specializes in knee replacement. Here, I'll talk to you about common knee complaints and other orthopedic issues. We'll cover other important health-related topics, all of which are meant to helpfully answer some of your questions and help improve the quality of your life. Thanks for listening, and on with the next episode. Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen, and you're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. In today's episode, I want to talk to you about some emotions. At this time, our world has probably some of the highest levels of anxiety and depression and fear, and unfortunately, suicide due to the multiple issues that are affecting our entire planet and our nation. So today, I want to talk to you specifically about two things anxiety and depression. And, you know, again, just as a caveat, and a disclosure, I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. But these are things and symptoms that I see with many, many people. Um, and what I'm going to talk about today mainly are the emotional aspects of feeling anxious or the emotional aspect of being depressed. I'm not going to talk specifically about treatments um, and go into lots of detail on anxiety disorders and depressive disorders, although I am gonna mention them so you'll understand the differences. Now, our body's a pretty amazing thing. Um, you know. And I kind of use this as an example for a lot of people to help them try to understand what their body's doing and what they're feeling or what's going on. And kind of the example that I like to use is that, you know, if you're watching a video Um, and there's a video of a lion and the lion sort of attacking the camera, um, in the sense to try to scare you, um, might be something that you see in a ride for some sort. Now the lion's not really there and you're not in any danger at that time, but the feeling of this animal attacking our visual perception may increase your heart rate, may make you feel sweaty. You start to get a dry mouth. And these are chemical and physiologic changes that occur in our body without us really thinking about making those things happen. It's something that happens automatically and part of that fight or flight response. But even though you're watching a video, deep down you have to understand that there is no real danger. You're not really in front of this vicious animal. It is not gonna hurt and it cannot hurt you. But what you feel is real. So that's where, you know, I think sometimes when people are dealing with these emotions, you know, they have this understanding or people may have said things like it's all in your head. Um, And it's not really just in your head. You know, people may have real symptoms, but it depends on the thing or stimulus that's causing those symptoms. And, you know, as an orthopedic surgeon... I see people in pain and I see people anxious with surgery and fear. um, And I see them after injuries and surgeries get short-term sessions of depression. Um, So these are things that I've become very aware of. um, And also at the same time, things that I talk to people about because you have to understand that if you do have significant anxiety or depression, whether or not it's short-term or a long-standing clinical diagnosis, We're not exactly 100% sure as to why. I can't give you the answer today as to why. But a lot of those people have difficulty after surgery. They have more pain than others. They have difficulty with the rehab. So you may not be able to make those things go away, but understanding how they may affect your outcome and trying to get them under the best control possible is really important. So let's first go into anxiety. So you you can feel anxious and not have an anxiety disorder. You know, it's normal if you have a big test coming up to feel anxious, you know, you're doing a presentation in front of thousands of people, you know, that feeling of being on the stage is going to make you feel anxious. I see people, they become very anxious prior to surgery. You know, it's a big thing that they're going through. You know, I mean, you may be buying a house or asking someone to marry you. Those are all things that can produce anxiety or make you feel anxious, and then what happens? Well, your heart starts racing, the heart palpitations. You start to sweat. You may even start to shake or tremble. You may feel short of breath or feel like you can't catch your breath. You see people hyperventilating sometimes. And you may just feel like you or the entire world and everything in you know around you is out of control. So those are just symptoms that can happen. And if you feel that way at a moment or for a short period of time, and there's a particular reason that you feel that way, that is okay. You know, I always tell people, don't be afraid to let people know that you're anxious this morning because you have surgery. That's normal. And we understand why you feel that way. And being aware of your symptoms and having coping skills and coping mechanisms that help you deal with that is important. So I deal with that around the time of surgery because we do a lot of education. We know that education prior to surgery helps people lower their levels of anxiety and the other thing that i'll do before and after surgeries is i really stress to people and more some people more than others you can kind of see it or hear it even if they don't have a diagnosis that as someone is more anxious than the normal not that they're abnormal but they seem to be displaying more symptoms we talk about breathing techniques and other ways that they may use to cope with some of the feelings that they're having. Because if somebody has something more severe, they may have an anxiety disorder. And again, I'm gonna go into this briefly, but again, I'm not a therapist. Um, So this is kind of beyond the scope of this talk and this podcast, but there's what's considered a generalized anxiety disorder. Now these are these feelings and these symptoms that you have most days for an extended period, for six months. that is a generalized anxiety disorder. That just is not that you're anxious today um, or this afternoon or tomorrow. This is every day. And if you have that generalized anxiety disorder, that can interfere with your ability to basically do everything, live and work and have a relationship. You can have a panic disorder, which is more of the, you know, constant fear heart constantly racing, constantly sweating, constantly shaking. Or you can have specific phobias. You know, people have phobias of spiders and snakes and flying and heights. Um, But these are beyond the normal of just feeling a little scared because you're standing at the top of the Empire State Building. You know, this is symptoms that go beyond what would be reasonable for most people in the situation that they're in. Now, if you have one of these generalized or panic or phobia disorders. You know, that's something that needs to be diagnosed by a therapist, by a clinician, and then there'll be specific treatment for that. But when we're talking about anxiety, just the symptom, just understand that prior to surgery or anxiety-producing events, that it's normal and be aware of what your body's doing. And if you can anticipate that you may be anxious and anticipate an event coming up, just work on and try to find ways that you can control those symptoms before the event such as public speaking you know if you know that you have a big event coming up you have to talk in front of people you know have ways that you've practiced that help calm your nerves and that's going to put everything at ease now the other thing which is you know also important to talk about and it's a different emotion and again there's a different disorder attached to it uh, but it's feeling depressed, you know, people kind of, you're having, you know, feeling the blues, you're in the blues, and, you know, people kind of talk about being depressed, and that's different than a depression disorder, so clinical depression is a mood disorder, you know, when we talk about symptoms of feeling depressed, you may feel sad, you may feel hopeless, you may have a decreased appetite, may be difficult for you to get sleep, you may not have a lot of energy, you know, Occasionally, you start to cry. You can feel worthless. You might not be able to concentrate. Severe, you may actually be or feel suicidal. When you have more than five of those types of symptoms every day for more than two weeks, you know, that by definition becomes clinical depression. That again is outside the scope of this discussion. That is something for a clinician to meet with you and talk to you and diagnose that and then render the appropriate treatment. You know, those people, based on these symptoms, don't have the ability to just perform regular everyday activities. It affects their everyday life. Um, What I'm going to talk about, though, is just the emotion of feeling depressed. You know, right now, there are a lot of people in the world that are depressed because of the racial inequalities, the ongoing pandemic, a lot of the politics going on. People have not been able to travel and see loved ones and take trips and they're down. You know, they feel depressed. There's a lot of social isolationism. And just understand that, you know, here is a reason for you to have this particular emotion. And that in a lot of ways is okay. It's normal. You're just like everybody else. You know, as long as you then can see that the glass is half full at times and not always half empty and have these episodes where... You're happy, and you can do the things that you need to do, and you can reach out and get out of those, you know, those funks that people get in the short term. That's okay, but when these symptoms go on day after day after day, that's when you definitely need to, you know, get help and seek out help, you know, from friends or loved ones or a medical provider. Now, the reason that I bring up depression as the other emotion is that this is something that I see in my world with a lot of patients. Um, when, so when I see people that are involved in an accident, trauma, you know, it could be a hip fracture an ankle fracture, you know, and then all of a sudden you take someone who was normal and then all of a sudden this thing happens where suddenly they're in the emergency room and they have to have surgery. They may be immobilized. They had to cancel a trip. They can't go to work. They're reliant on other people, and they lose this feeling of you know being able to do things and be independent. They feel very reliant on other peoples. So they may have had to cancel things they were looking forward to, and they get this short term depression um this kind of situational depression because of the situation that they're in, and it can be very detrimental um I also see this. More slowly develop in patients that have significant arthritis. So these are people that used to be quite active. They used to travel. They used to have exercise buddies. And now, due to pain and chronic pain, and the arthritic pain is keeping them up at night so they're not sleeping well, and the pain is inhibiting their ability to exercise and do things that they want to do, they come into my office looking drained, you know, flat. And they often seem like they're just down and very depressed. And the third time that I see this is after surgery. You know, there's people that were getting by pretty well. You know, they were pretty happy. They were getting by. You know, they understood the surgery they were going to get themselves into, and they had surgery. But, you know, the first few weeks after surgery, they may have more pain. They may have difficulty sleeping. They may be very reliant on other people. And they kind of look at this as, you know, how long will this go on? When will I get better? And they can actually develop some symptoms of feeling depressed Um, now it is okay if all of these are short term and it is important in my position to sort of recognize when i see people that have these symptoms because if they're based on the situation that they're in they had an accident they had maybe a surgery or a cast and they're going to get better we can see the light at the end of the tunnel or they're depressed because they can't do what they wanna do. They've lost their quality of life and they're gonna have a knee replacement and it's gonna get better. Or they were doing okay, they had surgery and now they're really reliant on people for the first couple of weeks and they, they're not able to do the things that they wanna do, but it's gonna get better and those things are gonna actually improve. So in those situations, again, I just make it a habit of letting patients know that I see what they're going through and I see the look on their face And making sure that they have friends or significant others to reach out to, and make sure that they're doing things that are working to improve uh, their symptoms. And if it goes beyond just the "I'm feeling down," I'm feeling a little depressed, and you know when is this going to you know get better, and we can talk about seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, then that's okay. But when it goes beyond that, where People seem to be getting worse, not better. You know, that's where I will reach out to their provider, recommend that they see their provider, therapist, clinician, um, to get more professional help for what may be becoming a more significant problem. Now, the nice thing about all of these things, though, is that the treatments, when we talk about the emotional aspects of feeling anxious and feeling depressed, um, are all quite similar. Um, It gets a little bit more complicated when you get into these true generalized anxiety disorders or true clinical depression. Um, It's been shown that exercise helps both of these. So just being active and having a low-impact exercise program is going to be very helpful, both for feeling anxious and anxiety and feeling depressed. It is also important to have a well-balanced diet. You know, we get a lot from what we eat. We need good nutrition especially more so if you're feeling depressed, you may not have a great appetite. And that's even more important after surgery where you need to heal and recover. So you wanna make sure that you're eating a well-balanced diet. You also have to make sure that you do your best to get regular sleeping habits because these both can affect your sleeping. And if you're not sleeping well and you become sleep deprived, it may exacerbate a lot of the symptoms and feelings that you're having. So if you're having difficulty sleeping, You know, make sure that you try to wake up at the same time every morning, even if you need to set an alarm. Go to bed at the same time every night. Do not use a screen for one to two hours before you go to bed. And some people have actually found that even being exposed to sunlight for short periods of time every morning um, can actually help reset your circadian rhythm. The other thing is you want to talk and reach out to your close friends and family. You know, if you're feeling this way, especially because you've had an injury or you're in pain or you had surgery, is let those around you know how you're feeling so that they can also help you and that you're not going at this alone or feeling like you're going at this alone, that those people that are there to help you are there because they care about you. And it's important that they understand how you're feeling so that they can do their best to help you in whichever way it is. So understand that if you're feeling anxious or if you're feeling depressed, that it is okay and it is normal to feel that way at certain times and understand that the symptoms that your body may exhibit, again, are normal physiologic responses to these feelings. You know, it has to do with these hormonal changes in our body that occur. So these symptoms are not in your head. They are real. And what you feel is real, um, But you also have to recognize, you know, why am I feeling this way? And if I'm feeling this way because of this thing that's going on around me or in my life, and I may or may not be able to control or do anything about it, just making sure that those emotions stay in check because if those emotions get out of check and beyond expected for the situation that you're in or the emotions go on for an extended or prolonged period of time, That's where you really need to seek out help from your primary care provider or reach out and find a therapist or psychologist or psychiatrist, because there may be very specific support that you may benefit from, um, from that person or that therapist or clinician. There may be support groups that will benefit you. Um, and occasionally there may be, maybe medications that will be helpful for you because, you know, unfortunately right now, um, we're seeing huge levels of, of suicide, around the world, you know, in the world of medicine, I keep hearing that more and more physicians are committing suicide and healthcare workers from everything that they're dealing with. Um, And you hear from a lot of news around the world too, that there's a lot of increased suicide rates. So just understand that if you're feeling anxious, and if you're feeling depressed, and if you're feeling suicidal, that there are people here to help you. Um, There are suicide prevention hotlines, You can reach out to friends and family members. Those that care about you and love you want to help you. Sometimes they may not know how you're feeling, so it's important to ask for help. Um, And if you're feeling that way, definitely reach out to those around you immediately and have them help you because nobody wants to see anybody do something that they can't ever go back and change So I will put in the show notes also some um, links to the suicide prevention hotlines. Um, We had suicide prevention um, week not too long ago, um, and it was talked about a lot back then, but I just wanted to reiterate that is the most severe um, consequence and complication of some of these emotions and some of these disorders. And if that's you or you know someone that you think may be heading in that direction, reach out and help them. Um, Or if... This is you. Reach out and help yourself. People are out there to help you. Until next time, everybody, please stay safe. I'm Adam Rosen, and you've been listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. Thanks for listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. I'm your host, Adam Rosen, and until next time, stay safe.